So I just got back from New York and I had the pleasure of being on the Each One Teach One podcast uh, with Chief and Trap um, at the What The Fuck Media Studios on uh, Canal Street. I had a fantastic time. I just want to give a shout out to Chief and Trap, uh, the whole crew at the Each One Teach One podcast. Uh, that was some fun. That was some great, great times. Uh, finally. I got to be on it. I've been waiting for a long time and I finally made it happen. We made it happen. Uh, it was a fantastic time. So thank you guys. Uh, thank you for having me on there. If you want to check out the episode uh, on YouTube at uh, each the number one, teach the number one podcast. And also I've been posting it on Instagram. Uh, click on the link. It's there. It'll bring you to the page. We had such a great time. And also what the fuck media wolf keep doing you that studio is amazing it's fun times uh the whole setup is amazing so thank you to all of you so while i was in new york you know i was i was in my hotel i was flipping through the channels the basketball game was on friends was on tv um and i came across a, a show that i used to watch back in the day well i didn't used to watch it i would like you know watch here and there and the name of the show is Catfish. And I had no idea it was still it was still around. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not around. But it seemed like it was like in the newer, the last couple of years. So what Catfish basically is, if nobody knows this, is, is basically when somebody gets, I would say, gets a relationship or with somebody that they don't know. And then when they meet that person, they're basically... It's not the person who they thought it would be. Something like that. Anyways, you go on the Oxford Dictionary, Catfish is there. Uh, it'll, it'll give you the, the, the true definition of it. And I don't think it's only in relationships, but I guess it's the whole, the whole concept of it. If you look at what an actual catfish is, it's a really horrendous looking fish. Um, so I was watching it and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, how in 2023 or even in the 2020s, is somebody still getting catfished? Like there was episodes where fucking you're getting a full-blown relationship with somebody without ever seeing them, without ever speaking to them on a phone or really having any interaction, but on messaging. Like this is like MSN, MySpace, that whole stupidity, Facebook. But how the fuck do you... Do you get into a relationship with somebody for months, for a year, and never, and you're never, never able to meet them or actually see how they look? And then you say you fall in love with this person, that you want to start a life with this person? Are you fucking stupid? Like, do you know what love is? Do you know what having an emotional connection with somebody is? You're meeting them over a computer. You've never seen this human being before. How do you love them? How do you have a relationship? How do you want to move in with them? How? You've never met them. This person you could meet and could be 100% not the person you expected them to be. What happens if this person has hands for feet and feet for hands? How do you, you say you love this person? What happens if the person comes here, you meet them and they're missing a leg or missing an arm or have a big, huge tattoo on their face? Stop fucking being stupid. It makes no sense to me. And there's people that fall for it daily. Thousands of people. Oh, I love her so much. 
Oh, I love him so much. They're the love of my life. You never met them. You never had a conversation with them. Are you fucking stupid? Like we're in 2023. There's dating sites. There's dating apps. Like how horny can you be to fall in love with someone on the internet? And we know for a fact that you're definitely not waiting for this person to come to have these feelings with them. You're guaranteed banging it about 20 people a week while this person's banging about 45 people a week. This is bullshit. This catfish shit does not make any sense to me. Stop it. Stop it. You cannot downgrade yourself and fall in love with somebody over a computer screen with typing. Even if you see them on Zoom five minutes, you've never had the conversation with them on the phone. There's no way that you fell in love with this person. You are fucking stupid. Like, really? Catfish, it makes no sense to me. So I decided to share that and my thoughts on that. Uh, my son, tell the people where we're at. Hey, yo, this is another episode of The Steven from the Old Time Podcast. Listen to my dad. He's awesome. Mr. Techman, I need you to play right after this episode, the complete Lost Boys legal drug money. And you'll understand why in a minute. Because it's safe to say that I got somebody special on this episode. It's safe to say that I got somebody from Queens on this episode. Somebody that I met in LA. Somebody that E from the Each One Teach One introduced me to. And this man, th this has been a friend of mine. This is somebody I've been wanting to have on this podcast. Somebody that I looked up to, this dude is, this dude is something special. And I've been bugging him. I've been annoying the shit out of him weekly. Hey, yo, I never, need you Never, never, never. <laughs> Let, let's never. do this. But my brother from Queens is here. Vil, what's up, man? Chilling, man. You know, fresh off the workout. Having some, all my Larry June shit. I got a bag of mangoes in my shake. <laughs> I you see. You feel me? You yeah. feel me? Hey, positivity, right? Positive energy is everything, man. Po positive energy is the balance of life because I feel like you need both, actually, because without there is no positivity without negativity. But Absolutely. in order to combat negativity, you got to have a good vibes. It starts with the nutrients you put in your body as soon as you wake up. That glass of water, that fruit, that smoothie. So, you know, shout out to Larry June for pushing that that positive vibes, you know? It's crazy that in this day and age, we have positivity and hip hop because yes. there is so much negativity. There's Too so much. much murder, violence. Too much. That we Too need much. guys like Larry June. We need guys like yourself to Thank be you. able to, to bring us to the next level, man. So Thank you. So, I, and you know what? I'm super happy that you're getting into that because, you know, man, we've chopped it up. We've spoken and just being able to see you in the gym, being positive, looking fly. Cause I always know you with the do-rag always, you know, you look at fly with that Jersey and you got your name on it. You yes, know what sir. I mean? And it's so, that Jordan number. I know it's backwards on the camera, but it's that Jordan number. You feel me? And I'm born on the 23rd. That's crazy. Born on the 23rd. There's a, there's a lot of science behind that math right there. You feel but me? You know, what's crazy is that in New York, the Jersey reverse Jersey, people do it. I see it all I the still time. Do it. I still do it. I went to the gym like this recently and everybody was like, who's this guy I think he is? 
you know, <laughs> but, but Hey man, I'm just him. You know, I'm Bill, that, you know? that's what it is. You know? So, so before we get into music stuff, I just wanted to, I want you to tell the people where you from. Okay. okay? What your interests are. Cause I okay. know you huge in gaming. Yes, okay. sir. I know you huge. You're a skateboarder. Okay? Yes, sir. Almost and, 20 years on a skateboard. And you also are a, a rapper. And before we get into the rap stuff, I want to leave that leave that till later on. Sounds Let, good. I want you to tell the people all of that stuff because that gaming life is different. And I have friends yes. and I have family members and it my is. son and my son is a gamer. Okay. okay, I got a link with your son then. I okay, got to link he, up with him. He's seven years old. He plays Minecraft. That's fine. The dude, That's fine. The dude builds buildings, and I don't even know how he did it. He built an airplane the other day. My, I love that you said Minecraft. Minecraft, just even in the word, just to play on words, mind, let's add a D, take out the E, craft. That game is changing the minds of young kids, but in a very positive way. Absolutely. It, it's like when we were young, we used to take the triangle and put it in the triangle slot. Yeah. Remember those kinds of toys? Yes. That is that on another level. So your son is going to be so advanced by the time he hits 12 because of games like that. Wow. So, so it's not like the games we kind of grew up that some of the games were like, Grand Theft Auto and a lot of violence. Those games are cool. They're fun. Yeah. But there weren't games like Minecraft. So parents didn't want us on games because the first game they saw on TV was GTA or Call of Duty or something that was violent or negative. Wrestling. I was always into wrestling games. I wasn't even allowed to watch wrestling. I used to have to sneak to watch (laughs) wrestling, watch it with the volume low. Because me and my little brother were hyperactive kids. Like, if I watch a Power Rangers episode, I'm doing all the scenes right after. Absolutely. If I'm watching Dragon Ball Z, I'm yelling like Goku. You get me? Absolutely. So, so the influence is is um the influence of video games can be super positive and a and a hyper development tool for children. My children are going to be gaming once I have God willing some kids. They're going to be gaming the moment they can even sit upright, they're going to be gaming. And although I want them gaming, I don't want them to be iPad babies so much. No, I hate that Everything. So yeah, exactly. So they're going to be outside. They're going to get dirty. They're going to get that immune system right. They need to, they need to. They're going to be like how we were growing up where you were outside most of the day on your free time. And when you get home, you get that hour to, 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 you know, to game. But yo, I love that your son is playing Minecraft, but, um, but yeah, but back to what you were saying about me growing up. Um, you want me to go straight from the beginning, beginning, right? Yeah, you, you from Queens. I want to hear that story, man. All right, all right. So born and raised in Queens. I'm born in Elmhurst Hospital, okay. which is actually not too far from uh, where I work, where, you know, Queens is, to me, the true melting pot of the entire planet. So wow. you have five boroughs, right? Mm-hmm. So the rest of the five boroughs, yes, they're diverse, but they're nowhere near as diverse as Queens. Only in Queens can you get Jamaican food, Puerto Rican food, Chinese food, Greek food, Indian food. I can go on and on and on and on. And literally all of this can be on one block. Wow. So the influence from the way you grew up is very different. I feel like from other places, I know some, a lot of people say that race or ethnicity like some people don't see it, but in Queens, we see it and we feel it 
but not in the way that people think where it can be negative. I grew up around Indian people, Chinese people, all the all the places that I just named, I grew up around all of that. So that influences the music, the culture, the style, everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was born in Elmhurst uh, Hospital, um, which is in the heart of Queens, a very diverse neighborhood as well. Um, raised in a in in a place called Forest Hills, which is a traditionally safe, um, very good to raise your kid environment, but the surrounding neighborhoods were the more. Um, you could say terrifying neighborhoods, really? especially in the nineties. I'm, I'm, a, I can walk to Left Rack, where Nori's from. Yes, I could take the train four stops, and I'm, I'm where Fifties from. I can, I can, I can walk to where Coogee Rap is from in Corona. I'm, I am surrounded by the most important neighborhoods, in my opinion, in Queens, which is Left Rack City, Corona Queens, Jamaica. I'm Impo- surrounded. Yes, sir. Sorry about sorry for interrupting. No. Important why? Is it because of hip hop or is it important because of the surroundings and how you grew up and what those places it's, did? It's both. So from a growing up standpoint, although we lived in the neighborhood that to other neighborhoods was called, and you know, forgive my language, but other neighborhoods would call our hood pussy because it's a predominantly Jewish neighborhood, predominantly actually. Jewish, but not Jewish American, more so a lot of refugees from Uzbekistan during the USSR moved to Forest Hills. Um, so it got a, it got this reputation for being soft, but in reality, it's, a, it's actually a neighborhood that um, at one point, I'm not gonna say now, but many years ago, Statue of Limitations was ran by the Russian mafia. Really? So there's mafia influence culturally. So even the way we move in this specific neighborhood mm-hmm. is kind of mafia-like. The mafia doesn't just act tough and be in your face. It's we quiet, we calm, but mm-hmm. you act up and you'll get dealt with accordingly. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that I was ever a tough kid, really. Honestly, only got into fights as a very little kid and really with my personal friends. Never had any enemies. Um, thank God, you know. Uh, type of kid personally I've been the kid that can get along with anyone can relate to anyone I could see I could see um, that man and I think Queens plays a part in that the fact that you're growing up with all these different ethnicities and different backgrounds and different lifestyles in, in Queens you could be living in a low-income housing and right across the street is a five million dollar home and nobody's looking at each other like oh you're poor and you're rich it's more like yo we out to get lunch Yo, after school, you want to go play ball? This is the same, this is the same different, um, not the same, but these are these are different types of um financial and ethnic backgrounds all coming together, which plays a big part. It also plays a big part in the hip-hop side of things. So, like being from Queens, like it's funny you said that the you you said the Lost Boys intro. <laughs> like I grew up around a lot of members of the Lost Boys. Not only was that a rap group, but it once was. Um, a street organization. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, they rocked the black flags. They had, they had, they had a cool handshake. I grew up with a lot of them. You know, they, they went to Forest Hills High School to stay away from trouble in Jamaica, from in Northside Jamaica, where a lot of them are from. A lot of those guys are from Hollis. A lot of those guys are from Southside Jamaica as well. Um, LB was a big deal growing up. You know, some kids feared them. Me, when they, when they saw me, they were like, oh, 
that's the little light skin homie that's good at basketball. So not only <laughs> did I skate, but I really played basketball. That was really my first love. Um, although I'm Dominican and baseball is our national sport, I've always been a rebellious child. So I chose basketball. Then later on, chose skateboarding. Um, so where hip hop, where hip hop ties into everything in terms of growing up, it was our, it was our code of conduct, like the way we dressed, right? Was very Queens, specific to Queens, like the do-rag thing, although to me, it's not a style thing. It's really to keep the waves right, keep the hair nice and flat, nice and low. Um, it still was a fashionable thing, especially like the G-Unit era with the white do-rag. Everybody mm -hmm. had a white do-rag on. You had my Russian homies with do-rags on. Wow. Like, yeah, man. Like, like hip-hop in Queens really is really in the chest. Like, it's really like you, you're born into it, especially like my generation where our uncles, our father, well, not necessarily our fathers, but our older cousins, our uncles, some of us, even our fathers are from the hip-hop era. Like, like my dad, he moved to New York City in the late 60s at like nine years old. So he literally saw the birth of hip hop because wow. he's from he's from uptown Manhattan slash the Bronx in wow. different in different eras. He lived in the Bronx in different eras. He lived in uptown. He literally saw the inception. So as my father sees me being obsessed with hip hop at four, five years old early because of my older cousins from uptown living in my apartment, um, he taught me a lot of things. He taught me the early days of the trains with the graffiti. He taught me about the jack, the, the, the Warriors era jackets and how that was real. The Warriors is based off a real type of, of a lifestyle. You know, it's a little bit exaggerated in the movie, but obviously Absolutely, it's a film. But, but it was very, it was very true in, 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 in um in the sense of the essence of that, you know. So like my father instilled into me hip hop culture, my older cousins. One who, rest in peace, uh, my older cousin, Johnny, photographer, graffiti writer, just, he's what I call, he's what we call in New York, um, one of the elder gods. So like when, when I say peace, God, like that's really a term of endearment. I'm not saying you're God, but God is creator. Man on earth is creator. So we are gods on earth, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, shout out all my five percenters on that, you know? Um so like I, I, a lot of different culture was instilled in me and um, like early Nas, Lost Boys. Um, and then later on, G-Unit, heavy G-Unit, like. They took over. You, They must have took over big time in Queens. That must have been something to see. Yeah, like to the point where like when I'd visit family in Jersey or visit family in Florida, like everyone knew where I was from just off the way I looked alone. Wow. Like the white, like the white tank top, white do-rag, that 50. I believe he's wearing that on the cover of Get Rich or Die Trying, correct? Or no, he's wearing uh, the bulletproof vest. Yeah, exactly. But, but the tank top was our bulletproof vest. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why he eventually turned the white tank top into, remember the white tank with the red, white, and blue? That was crazy. The, right, you couldn't get the, that here. In Montreal, you couldn't oh, find that it, anywhere. It, it sold out quick. Them shits was going for like $80, a tank top for like $80 in 04. That's crazy. Now it That's would be a, 200, 300 it, bucks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, 
But yeah, man, so many different types of influence in terms of the culture of hip hop and not just Queens hip hop, just hip hop in general. Like that, that early 2000s Dipset G unit, early Hove, you know, Blueprint 2 Hove. Um, Mob Deep? Mob Deep. Oh, for sure. I can't forget Mob Deep. Rest in peace, P. P lived in Forest Hills. So I used to run into him a few, like right before he passed, just on a random, me, me and my boy Lido, he's one of the homies I do music with, incredible rapper. I'm going to send you his music later. Yes, yes. Um, he goes by Nick Papa now. Um, we was eating Chinese food right in front of the Chinese spot, right before studio sesh. And, and lo and behold, P is walking with his little sister and we just nodded, yo, yo. And he nodded right back, no security, not looking paranoid. Calm, chest, chest up, head high, like, like embodying that survival of the fittest mentality, that, that hell on earth mentality, oh. like really being like who he really is, like for real, man. Like P was a real one, you know, like never really chopped it up with him. Just saw him on in passing, mm-hmm. but just, I just remember one time being in the deli and being online, waiting for my sandwich, and I'm behind him the whole time, not realizing it. He turns wow. around, he turns around um, to see who was behind him, and I step back, and I'm like, oh. And he and he's like, my fault, God. And I was like, yo, man, big fan. Peace, man. And he's like, yo, good looking. And it's like, that's how, that's how true it is, man. Like, Queens is... Queens is one of the meccas of hip hop. You know, it's not absolutely. The, it's, it didn't start hip hop, but without Queens, like you don't have Nas, you don't have Fifty. You Man, know? look at what look at what the artists you don't have did. Mob Deep. The, like just like you Capone don't have LL. You exactly. could go way back. LL Run DMC. You but know? just look look at like just look at Capone and Noriega, just the way they were dressed in that whole camo outfit. Yeah, you know, oh, with the Tims. Everybody was rocking camo fits. When I was a little kid, my older cousins was wearing camo every day, and they're not even from Queens. They just lived here. Cause my my home growing up was kind of like a, a retreat. Mm-hmm. Like if you got in trouble with the law, hey, go down and live with with Julio and his parents. And, really? Wow. And yeah. But this wasn't really my home at first. This was my godfather's home. And he made it a retreat for us. My, my, I grew up poor. I just was blessed to live in an area where it wasn't so poor because of my godfather. So he allowed us to stay here. He moved out. We took over. And then we kept the tradition of like, yo, whoever in the family needs a place to stay for a few months, few years, even whatever the case may be. So like, I really got introduced to hip hop through my older cousin, Johnny, and his brother, Charlie, rest in peace, Johnny, um, they taught me everything, man. They had the Snoop Dogg movie, the, um, the I think it was like the Tales of the Crypt that he was yes. in. They yes. had it on VHS. I was terrified going into the room. I used to tell my mom to tell my cousin, like, hide that VHS tape because I was scared to go in there. I got the soundtrack for that, actually. The room that I'm in was their room. That's this crazy. Was, this was their room. They shared a room. Then me and my brother shared this room. And then my brother moved into where the dining room was. We turned the dining room into a, a bedroom, you know? So we grew up um, poor, but not poor to the point where we didn't eat, but every meal counted, if that made sense. There was no excess food. 
There was no wasting food. There was no wasting time either, you know? So I was, I was also educated very young on how to read. Um, so I think that's where my penmanship comes from is just learning how to read at a very early age. I, was, I wrote my name at two years old. That's important. That's important. Um, and you could tell by the way you speak as well and just the way you. that you bring yourself forth and having those conversations with people, you could tell that you were brought up properly. Thank you. And, you know, like they instilled things in you. Like Thank your older you. cousins, you know, yeah. your family, your parents, they instilled in you this way of living. So it makes you the man you are today. And you could tell just by off communication, man, and the respect sure. that you bring, the way you speak. And I think sure. it's super important. And we all want that no matter where we live in the world. I want that for my kids. I want to instill that into my children so that they res they talk respectfully. And just look at my son. Like I had a pod with my son and everybody was telling me your son is well-spoken. That means a lot to me because I instilled that into him. Yes, yes, You know yes. what I mean? Like just yes. the surround surroundings that he he's around and just like maybe also being a bit tough with him and and you know like shining him and and steering him into the in, into the right light into the right way i think yes. that's important and and, yes, you bring, yes. and and you bring a valid point like you had those people around you to make you the man you are today and again you could see it yeah yeah man for sure yeah man like it's just it takes a village to raise a child Absolutely. Especially, especially a young man, you know? So the village that I was raised in just so happened to be one of the meccas of hip hop, one of the meccas of culture, just period in the world. Crazy. You know? And I'm just grateful, man. You know, everyone always says, yo, Hula, you never leave Queens. And I'm like, because the whole world is here. So it's kind of hard to leave Queens when I know that if I want to go chill with my Greek homies, I go to Astoria. If I want to go chill... With my Russian homies, I just go right outside. If I want to go chill with any any race, nationality, any not just even my hip hop homies, but a big grunge scene in the early late nineties. Yes, you know the UFO pants, the hacky sack. Like that's part of Queens culture too. Like skateboarding culture, you know, punk rock. All of that was part of my upbringing too. So I'm not only just a guy that enjoys hip hop culture. I'm I'm somebody that just loves culture and real culture, you know, in its essence, you know. And my homies that were into punk rock, they know some, they know 50 Cent verses better than me, you know. <laughs> like it's it Queens is not a place where we were segregated. Did we did we chill in separate cliques? For sure, you know, but we all congregated together. You know what I'm saying? Like but we it's all a had beautiful thing. We it's all had commonalities thing. for sure. We all had commonalities, you know. And yeah, man, just not not to repeat myself too much, but just forever grateful to be from the galaxy, as 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 the mob likes to say. You know, the galaxy of Queens. You know, you know, it's really I, it's really the galaxy for real. You know. And next time I come down, I'm spending some time with you in Queens. You're gonna take me everywhere in Queens because as I got as a you. fan, as a fan of uh, of culture. And, you know, punk rock, because I grew up listening to punk rock, uh, yeah. like w one of my best friends loves the grunge scene, you know, like yeah. there's all that stuff, the skateboarding culture, yes, but sir. Also, you know, like, but there's so much uh, to see and I got to come down and spend some time with you. You got to bring me around and just, you know, how I love hip hop culture and for just us being able to speak about all these artists and how you grew up. 
like to me it's just like it's mind-blowing because i love hip-hop but i'm seeing it in a different light from montreal you know yeah, what i mean yeah, i get and that I, yeah and, and i wish i could be there and to see all that stuff like when i was in brooklyn the last couple of days like i didn't spend money i just walked around just to yeah, soak yeah, yeah. all of it in like i went yeah. to the sean price mural like that was yeah, the, the, one of the highlights besides recording with e just seeing that mural to me like i was good i was at peace because yeah, i want to yeah, yeah. see the culture and be able wow. to be part of it i don't need to spend money on clothes and shopping and buy shoes i don't need that shit. i could buy it online or in stores from where i'm from it's just being able to be part of that culture and being able to see these two things with my eyes that these artists have spoken about for many years to me that's next level i could sleep at night in peace being able to see that stuff you know what i mean Definitely, definitely. So, so when I come down, I'm I'm linking up with you next time. We're gonna spend some time in Queens. Um, let's get into that gaming. I want to okay. know because you're big on gaming. You always post videos. You have your own channel. Tell us the channel. Tell us what you do, and then we'll move on to skateboarding. All right. The Twitch channel is Twitch.tv/slash/BuildTheGod718. Um, you can type in YouTube/slash/BuildTheGod. Haven't really been posting on the YouTube. Um. Still figuring out the YouTube side of things. For now, I really just post a lot on Instagram. Uh, Facebook as well. My Facebook is my government, Julio Trinidad. Um, and yeah, man, um, when it comes to gaming, it's another thing that I was raised on early, super early. I was born 91. I believe the Sega Genesis came out 91 and my dad bought it for himself. Um, my dad wasn't necessarily a gamer. He was more that kind of dad that always wanted the new cool thing, you know, especially like technology related. So mm -hmm. he bought a Sega Genesis kind of for those reasons, which I'm actually, you know, grateful for that because when I turned five, my, my, I did grow up poor, so he couldn't afford to buy me anything, honestly. So he gave me a Sega Genesis with all his old games, you know, Sonic Madden 93 or some shit, you know, wow. like, <laughs> like. Yeah, man, like uh, Shinobi, like super old games that like I would button mash. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but eventually, you know, started figuring out games like probably not too long after that. Six, seven years old. My, my same two cousins, they had a Super Nintendo as well. So when they were living with me, they had the Super Nintendo and they eventually moved a few blocks away. So I would go over there to play Super Nintendo, come back home to play Sega Genesis. And that's really like the origins of me gaming. Um, later down the line, like around, I want to say like seventh grade, maybe eighth grade, um, the Xbox 360 came out and I got obsessed with a game called Halo. Um, Halo yes. 2, Halo 2, although it was on the original Xbox and not the 360, I played it on the original Xbox, but I really got that online experience of gaming and interacting with other people right before Halo 3, like the, the, the tail end of Halo 2, uh, playing online with homies. And that's where I met a whole community of people that actually were from New York, ironically, through a message board, um, I ended up finding people like that wanted to get better. I got really into the competitive side of gaming um, at that age, uh, competing actually in tournaments in Halo 3. Wow. And, and through that, I met homies from the Bronx 
homies from Staten Island, homies from Long Island, like every borough and every part of New York. And we would all congregate to Meadowlands once a year at the uh, Meadowlands Arena to play in a tournament. Um, never really performed well at the tournaments, but just was in the scene. Competitive kid. I come from basketball, come from a, um, like I said before, Dominican family, so a sports family. So that competitive nature was always in me. And I and I um I kind of foresaw the future, honestly, as a little kid. I used to tell my dad, yo, dad, like, I think one day this gaming shit's gonna be big. And not to downplay my father, but him being old school and it being such a new thing from a competitive standpoint, he didn't see the vision that I saw. Now you fast forward to now and look at there's there's leagues, there's jerseys. That's there's crazy. Kids, there's kids going to signings for their favorite esports team. Wow. Esports players, the top League of Legends player, his contract, I believe, is an annual 2.5 to $3 million a year to play a video game. Oh, wow. Um, in Korea, the number two sport to soccer is esports. Wow. Specifically StarCraft. Yes, if you cheat in games online in Korea, you are going to jail. Um, you're kidding. You're yeah, going you to actual jail. You're going to jail. If you get caught hacking or cheating... You are going to jail. If What's the time caught, frame? Don't remember, but I believe the last, like when the law first came out, I believe was uh, six months to two years, depending on the severity, depending on if you were making money off of it. Whoa. Um. Yeah, yeah, bro. Um. That's crazy, though. Like, it, it it's become so global, and it's not just on like games like Halo and Call of Duty, but like just look at Grand Theft Auto now. Like yeah. Grand Theft Auto now is just like for the last 10 years, they've been stuck on the same Grand Theft Auto, but it keeps growing online and co uh, competitions being competitive. Like, you know, like it's it, and I see my brother who's huge on gaming. My brother has kind of a setup like you do. Like he's always on that stuff. Like that's yeah, what yeah, he yeah. does. He watches. Yeah, yeah. I'm always with my brother and it, he annoys me sometimes because he's just watching videos of people playing video games and new stuff that's going on and YouTube channels. But it's become such like a global thing. Yeah. And like. Like when we were young, it wasn't like that. Like no, you would it wasn't. get your game, you would yeah. go out there, you would go to the video store, rent a game, have it for the weekend. You know, like you'd go home after school and play, but it wasn't intense the way it is now. So it's it's become a culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it it's become a culture, and what's what's cool about it is that hip hop culture is so intertwined with gaming. It always has been, actually. Yeah. From the Street Fighter punchlines. To call Wu Tang had a game. Wu Tang had a game. Um, I think it was called like Shaolin. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the full name, but I or know Shaolin, Shaolin versus Wu or something like that. Some, something. Yeah, yeah. It was like a fighting game. Def Jam. Remember the Def, Def Jam, Jam game? Def Jam Fight for New York is one of the most important games in gaming culture, but specifically in the fighting game scene. So like, I own it. It's one of the best games ever made, man. That's the one that Snoop Dogg's the boss at the end, right? Snoop Dogg's the boss, I think, in the first game. Okay. Um, and then in the second game, I believe it's Fat Joe. <laughs> okay. And yeah. Fat Joe was is actually he's in like magazine, like gaming magazines. He's and he probably doesn't know this, which is insane. I hope one day I meet Fat Joe so I can let him know this. 
that he's actually in the all-time top 100 hardest boss characters to beat in video game history. I don't think I've ever I've ever beaten Fat Joe. Bro, he smokes you, dude. One power bomb and half your health is gone. <laughs> That's crazy. His clothesline was devastating in the game. What the, a game. What a game, right? We actually, um, the fighting game community. So now I'm, I'm more a part of the fighting game community. Okay. And the fighting game community, we really want um, a new one or a remaster of the old one. Oh. So that we could have it at tournaments and really push what a classic game that was. You know, not to push it like a true esport, but like a side tournament, you know, so where people from different because fighting, there's so many different fighting games. You have Street Absolutely. Fighter, you have Tekken. I can name a whole bunch of other Mortal Kombat, you know, Marvel most, versus Capcom. Over, oh, that's one of my favorites, you know, and like everybody has their one fighting game that they play competitively. Mm -hmm. But then there's that casual fighting game that all that the entire community collectively plays. And that's one that would would definitely be that game for us. You know, and yeah, man, the, the, I love the um, the relationship of hip hop with gaming. Lupe Fiasco hosts Street Fighter tournaments all the time. He shows up to Evo, which is the world's biggest fighting game tournament. Wow. Um, Little Wayne. He's in my top five, by the way. I'm going to say this early. <laughs> yeah, because I'm asking you that later. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. But I have many top fives which we could get into if we have time. Yeah. Because there's different levels to it. But um, yeah, man, Lil Wayne will be hosting the Street Fighter VI. Um, like, it's kind of like a launch party event before the game comes out in June. It's actually this week that it's going to come out. Um, I'll send you the link to it when yeah, it comes out. So link. when you get some free time, you can see one of the GOATs talking about one of the GOAT video games. That's crazy. Street Fighter is my life. But these dudes, these hip-hop dudes love gaming. They grew Waka, up on gaming. Waka. Waka is a big Tekken head. Yeah. He's been he's been challenging the world's best Tekken players. He's wow. not good at Tekken, but he but he's but he's helping us. He's helping our scene grow by challenging us. Because now a world that doesn't know anything about fighting games is like, yo, I know Tekken. We used to button mash Tekken. We used to go to the the supermarket and play Tekken on the arcade machine while mom mm -hmm. was shopping. You should gave us a few quarters. You feel me? So how um, cool, how cool that, is that? Bro, the relationship of hip hop, I, to, to be honest, man, the, um, the honorary members of elements, I feel like these are honorary elements of hip hop. I feel that video games and skateboarding are elements of hip hop. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? There's they, so many different elements. We oh, used to say that yeah. there was the five, but it's it it's 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 grown. It's grown. There's there's unlimited amounts now of elements of hip hop. But how beautiful opinion. is that? Because it's, it's not it's one of the most beautiful things. It's not boxed in anymore. Hip hop is not boxed in like it used to be in the 90s or even in the early 2000s. People look at hip hop differently now. And that's what we oh, need to push yeah. forward, man. And that's like yeah. what somebody like yourself. It's does. Unity. It pushes unity. Yes, that's why I do all of this. So I used to be a little bit intimidated to show some of the different sides of me. Although all of my closest friends knew that I gamed, that I rapped, that I skated, that I that I love graffiti, like I love and I love fashion, and I love all these things. The gaming side, I didn't hide it, but I didn't push it. I didn't promote it. And I should have early on because not to, I mean, fuck it, I'm gonna sound cocky. 
I was way ahead of the game, man. Like 10 years ago, I, I was the same. The man that I am now from essence, I was that at 14 years old, man. That's amazing. That's 15, amazing. 16 years ago, I was warming up playing Halo, listening to Dedication 3, bro. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like literally taking earbuds. I know that I know we're doing audio, but taking earbuds, putting them under my big gaming headphones so that I could hear the game and still hear music at the same time because you didn't have these. Now I have a gaming PC where I can listen to music while I'm gaming and all this mm -hmm. cool stuff. I didn't have that back then, but I always wanted to intertwine both. You know, um, I used to watch Call of Duty montages and every montage was like Avenged Sevenfold and like uh, Dragon Force and all these dope rock bands. But I was like, yo, where's the where's the hard hip hop videos? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make those videos, but I couldn't afford it back then. And now that I'm like this big kid who thank God has a solid career where I can afford to buy these things. I put, I put things like stove God cooks in my Valorant videos. I'm the only guy you'll ever see putting that kind of music behind games like that, because traditionally games like Valorant, which is a first person shooter. Most of that scene is into like EDM and like synth wave and like yeah. lo-fi, like YouTube type of music. I call it intro music. Those cheesy intro songs. There's a whole world of people that listen to those songs like it's regular music. And that's fine. You know, that's not my taste. But I want to bring that flavor, that essence, that hip hop. Yeah. That's not even just hip hop. That's soul. Because I love soul music. I love 50s, 60s, 70s soul music. You know what I'm saying? So um, I try to incorporate hip hop into everything I do, whether it's something as nerdy as gaming to something that's not as nerdy like the gym. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think, I think especially us young men, um, we need representation like that. You know, sometimes we see the gym guy and we look at the gym guy as one way. He doesn't watch anime. He doesn't, all he does is eat chicken, broccoli and go to the gym and he's macho man. And it's all about muscles. And yeah, it could be like that. But when I'm just chilling, eating, eating my chicken and broccoli, I'm watching a gaming video. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. While, while in the background, I might have some 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 just some just some old 90s instrumentals just playing while I'm watching my gaming video after a workout, you know, like. But it's important. These... We can't be boxed in anymore. Life is not being about boxed in. There's so much more to people like yourself. You know, like everybody you meet, it's not just one way. You can't look at people one way anymore because everybody is so different, but everybody does so much more things. It's just like yeah. the whole hip hop with wrestling thing. Like, look at Hell Westside yeah. Gun. Hell yeah. He's a hip hop artist. He's an innovator. He's an innovator. Okay. But he loves wrestling. Yes. Action Bronson with yes. the food. He's a chef. He cooks. Big Queens. Shout out Bronson from Flushing. Shout out, May Shout out my boy Mayhem. Yes, new album I he did Mayhem. with Madlib and uh, DJ yeah. Muggs. Great album. I Mayhem, Mayhem, I met as a youngin. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He went to um, he went to a junior high school in in Forest Hills. Wow. My my junior high school's rival. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But there's so Big much queens. more to people, so much more to hip hop, so much more to gaming, so much more to skateboarding, because you could put all these cultures together and it makes sure. it a unity. Yeah. Right. And it, it brings it brings people together. There was nothing cooler, man, going to my first video game tournament and 
being a man, being first off, um, I'm Dominican, so we're very diverse. You know, I am a, a mixed, I'm a racially mixed man, but I also am a black man. My mother is black. My father is racially half black and half white from a racial standpoint, but still Dominican. And mm-hmm. um, showing up to an event, um, it was called MLG, Major League Gaming. Wow. Um, showing up to my first MLG and seeing like the the quote unquote weird anime kids with the emo hair and the anime t-shirts and then being next to like me and my homies that we're from New York. So we got a more of a, a hood urban essence to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, and, and so many other different types of cultures and none of us judging each other for those reasons. The only judgment came from, were you good at the game or not? You know, did you suck or were you good? You know what I'm saying? And even yeah, if you sucked, sure. we were still a brotherhood, a sisterhood. We were still unified. There were there were girls at these tournaments, not many, because it was the early days, but even the girls, you know, were mad cool and everybody was interesting. You 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 would think that the kid with the emo bracelets and the spiked bracelets and stuff only listened to Avenged Sevenfold. And like I said earlier, he knew every lyric to to, to get rich and die trying, you know. And knew every lyric to to Hybrid Theory, Linkin Park. That's one of the first albums I've actually ever owned. Wow, great My album! First, I had I had a weird first three albums that I ever owned. Which ones one, are they? Well, one was technically my mom's, but I kind of just took it because mm-hmm. I was just curious. It was Britney Spears's first album. That's cool. The album's actually good. It's all it's hits. Great. It's all hits. Um, Hybrid Theory, and then a few years later, Godson. Wow. Yeah, I had a red Sony Walkman that I gave to my crush. She, I think, she might not still have it, but she, but she had it for a long ass time. Um, I let her borrow it, and I never asked for it back because I was so fucking in love with the girl. <laughs> um, Godson on tape? No, on on disc. I had tapes, but I never bought. I can't I can't remember buying a tape. I might have had some tapes, but I just don't remember buying any or getting my mom to buy me any. But I had um my neighbor, I was really good friends with my neighbor's uh kids. They were my their one was my age, the daughter was my age, and then her little brother. Her their cousin from um from Florida put me on to like Master P cash money. Before it was huge in New York through mixtapes, she would it make took a mix, while. She would it make t- these mixtapes the old school style. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and before those artists were big in New York, it took a while. They weren't accepted in New York. To the older generation, my yeah. generation, or our generation, we didn't know. We thought it was hip hop like everything yeah, exactly. else. So we was like, "Oh, this is fire." You know, it's different. The sound was very different. Like masterpiece yeah, sound. It's not for everyone. No, it's, no. You know what I mean? It's mostly yeah. screaming on the albums. And, like, yeah. And, and they, they, they proved early on that as lyricism is important, but how you say is always more important than what you say. Some always. of these, some of these rappers that are quote unquote lyrical, <laughs> um, I'm trying to watch out what I say, <laughs> but, uh, 
aren't good at rapping, bro, because they don't say it good. Oh, I can understand. It's they they think it's wordplay, but it ain't said properly. It's not no. well put together. No. I get it, what you're saying. Yeah, even when you get on the freestyle, like these dudes freestyle, but it ain't sound good. There's nothing to it. There's no substance to it. I'll tell you something, man. As somebody that I consider myself someone with a very elite pen, the most very elite. elite. The I've most heard elite, that shit. Appreciate it. The most elite pens are the biggest fans of these quote-unquote uh, non-lyrical rappers because we understand how hard it is to say quote-unquote nothing and have the whole world say nothing with you. Do you know how hard it is to do that, dog? I can, you know I can how imagine. Hard it, like, like a lyrical rapper can't say something like wobble dee wobble dee and make the whole world say that. <laughs> Yeah, because it, it that that word sounds hilarious. Yep. But when Wayne said it, it sounded fire, bro. Yeah. And everybody is saying it. He sold out shows and everybody in the crowd would say it. One of the best pens of all time, in my opinion, is Juvenile. Oh, because he mixed lyricism with non. I, I don't like calling. I don't like calling simplified rap. Uh, not lyricism because it's lyrics. Absolutely, it's the, uh, lyricism is the action of lyrics. Correct. Yes. So, correct. So, so even if the lyric is, um, after you back it up, then stop and why, why, why drop it like it's hot. The way he said it made the whole world, every woman on earth, whether she had the nicest, fattest ass or if she had a pancake. She was shaking that thing as soon as the song comes on. Absolutely. Um, like you said, juvenile, and I'm and, and I know where we're talking about ahead. gaming. I got yeah, one yeah, more yeah. last gaming question yeah, for you. Sorry, after, I'm going I, all over the place. It's fine, but I just need to say that. Just look at the song Ha by Juvenile. Oh, that's the one I was about to mention. That's the perfect example of how you're saying it being more important than what you're saying. Cause I don't even know half the shit he said on the song, bro. He was asking he, questions. Exactly. And even the way he did it had everybody going, Oh, you think you the man, huh? Oh, you the, nah, nah, huh? like that cadence stands the test of time. I know on, on the each one teach one podcast, you spoke about music standing the test of time. Um, Classic music especially in hip hop, isn't always the most lyrical. In my opinion, this could be a hot take, but one of the gods, man, rest in peace, Tupac, to me is one of, if if we're going to speak on this quote unquote lyrical, he's one of the least lyrical greats ever. Yeah, and you ain't the, wrong with that. If, if, you're going, if you're going by that definition that people so-and-so call lyricism, where they say like, you know, like the more Kendrick, the more yeah. uh, Tech Nine, like those kinds of rappers who have extremely elite pens, Eminem, right? Who, uh, I'm gonna just say it right now. There's, you can't be top five and have 10 years of bad music. We'll leave it at that in terms of M. Sorry, M, I love you, but, um, <laughs> you know, if LeBron, if, LeBron, if LeBron averaged 40 for the first 10 years of his career and then the latter half averages eight points a game, 
the GOAT conversation goes well out the window. Absolutely. I couldn't right? agree with you more. And that's what we need to start looking at. And, yeah. that, and I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, start we'll leave looking it at, at that. that shit. Yeah, for real. You, you mentioned something and it's standing the test of time. It needs yeah. to stand the test of time. I could yeah. go back to that juvenile album daily. Okay. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. You could go to the gym and listen to that. You could get in the car and just get hyped up before a party and listen to that. You can you can be in a bad mood and want to get your aggression out and listen to that. Uh, what is it? Five hundred degrees. Four hundred degrees. Five hundred was Wayne. Excuse me. But like. Yes. 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 It's 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 again. It's how he said it is. How the music yes. was put together. It's yes, how man. the listener is attracted to it. Which is why the dominant sound in today's hip hop is not well. From a mainstream standpoint, mm -hmm. the dominant sound, right, is non quote unquote. I'm a, I'm gonna keep throwing the quote unquote is non lyrical hip hop mm -hmm. because they're it's not what they're saying. It's how they're saying. Like their, and their flow as well. You gotta like the flows. Future has some important. of the cool. Future has some of the coolest flows. Migos, the Migos, man, the but the Migos have good pens too. Yeah, but it's, people aren't list, are looking at the pens. They're looking at the flow before they look at the pens. Yeah, because that's what they stick out because of their flows. Offset and takeoff. Rest in peace, takeoff. Offset and takeoff. Like, they could be in a cipher with some of the best guys. Absolutely. And not necessarily beat those guys, but when they go, you're going to respect what they did. You're not going to feel like it was trash. Absolutely. You know, Gucci Mane is a rapper that it's not what he's saying, even though he's gotten a lot better lyrically ever since he sobered up. Mm -hmm. But his early music, it wasn't the lyricism. There was there wasn't no quote unquote lyricism. There wasn't really punchlines. And it was just that cool, laid back voice mm -hmm. that down the down south accent. The heaviness of his accent, the depth of his voice. He was like a Barry White over Cr trap records. Crazy. It's you get crazy. what I'm saying? Absolutely. So Absolutely. Like, read his book as well. I don't know if you read his book. I didn't I know have he had a book. book. I, have, I get it. Yeah. I, um, I love Gucci's Gucci transformation, book. man. I love his transformation. And you man. see the transformation because what he went through before prison, while he was in prison, was was something else. And yeah. how he is now. After yeah. that transformation is beautiful to see. Beautiful yeah. to see. Because we look at Gucci Mane as the drugged out, on yeah. lean, yep. angry, yep. Uh, aggressive, violent yeah. man. And today he's changed that image. So God bless to him. Yeah, man. He went from he went from telling the judge, bitch, I might be. <laughs> right? Absolutely. To, to apologizing. For shitting on what happened with him and Jeezy and, and Jeezy's man who passed away. Exactly. And, and 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 for shitting on the dead, you know? So a lot of growth, you know? And like, you need a full spectrum of hip hop. Like I said earlier in the intro, um, not to say that uh, non-lyrical hip hop is negative, but you need the positives and the negatives mm -hmm. to see the full spectrum of life, you know? So you need the, you need the shit. You need the little pumps and you need the Kendricks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Balance. You need the balance. You know, like it, it just is what it is, bro. Like with, yeah. without without those kinds of rappers, you don't have the elite pens. You need somebody whack to have somebody dope. If exactly. Every, if everybody is quote unquote amazing lyrically, honestly, hip hop might be a little bit boring, man. And no balance. There would be no balance. There would be no balance. I don't need a hundred Kendricks. I want one Kendrick. Yeah. I want one Drake. 
I want one Hove. I want one Gucci. I want one Yay. You get what I'm saying? And everything in a basket. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I can listen to all of that. There's no. I said I said it on the on the episode with E, the Each One Teach One podcast. I said it. It's like going to the library. Yeah. No. It is. Yeah. Look, you got picture books that are easy to read. Yeah. And and then you have then you have advanced books like the Da Vinci Code. Different but genres. You, but you then know? you have autobiographies and then exactly. Like, it's so it's like yeah, man. Same thing. With, same thing with music. Music is art, man. It, it it conveys an emotion. You know who I really like? Who? I really like Yeet, man. Yeah. His cadences, man. There's something um hypnotizing about it. But you're saying that from a rapper's perspective or as a fan? Because you from both, from both, from both. Because once I start figuring out what he's actually saying, one, he's actually saying some slick shit. Mm-hmm. Two, I hear the thug influence. I hear the future influence, but he doesn't sound like them at all. And there's just something hypnotizing about the type of instrumentals he picks and the way he chooses his cadences over it. There's a reason why the kids listen to Yeet a lot. That's, that's why he's one of the biggest artists on TikTok and, and, on, and on Instagram and, and Reels and stuff like that. For because, that. Mm-hmm. Because there's something hypnotizing about the music and it's what he, it's, it's not what he's saying as much as how he's saying it, you know? Absolutely. And and it's good that you bring those points forward, especially from somebody who uses a pen. And now I got to ask you one more gaming question because we went totally off. But that, I love that because that's what hip hop does. Yes, now, sir. I need your top five games. Top five, top five games. Top five games. Easy. Um, Pokemon, the the specific generation, Ruby, okay. Ruby Sapphire and Emerald. Okay. Best Pokemon games ever made. Um, that's number five, not in no particular order. The Halo series, specifically one through three, because um, at some point Halo got the team that made the original Halos left and the the younger team, they took over and kind of ruined the game in my opinion. So the first three Halos, um, Street Fighter series, period. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter which one. Whichever one you like the most, specifically for me, Street Fighter Four wow. came out. It came out in two thousand nine, a very important time in my life, peak of my skateboarding life. Um, help Street Fighter helped me stay sane when I was angry at life. I'm gonna throw one in there. Golden Sun it was an RPG game on yeah. Game Boy Advance that just kept my soul calm. It was just one of these games that the story just kept you locked in and kind of similar gameplay wise to Pokemon and like that turn-based kind of strategy RPG type of game. And then my last one, which is not necessarily my best, I'm going to have to go with the Grand Theft Auto series, man. Absolutely. You can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong. What's your favorite Grand Theft Auto though? Nostalgic, nostalgia wise Vice City. Okay. Probably the probably the best soundtrack out of all of them. Incredible soundtracks, by the way. GTA probably has the best soundtracks out of like the Final Fantasy series because the Final Fantasy series uses live orchestras. Yep. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm gonna take out Golden Sun. Okay. And I'm gonna put in the Legend of Zelda. Okay. But Golden Sun's my honorary. Uh I'm that's my sixth man. Um 
Yeah, uh, GTA Vice City from a nostalgic standpoint and the on paper best Grand Theft Auto is actually the current Grand Theft Auto 5. It's it's just insane. It's been out for the last eight, nine years. They put out new content every three to six months. That's crazy. For the last eight to nine crazy. years. Crazy. It is a living, breathing world. You can, they, modders made the Dominican Republic, the streets of the Dominican Republic in the game. Wow. They have old block in the game, modified into the game. Shout out to Chicago. Wow. They have, they have Texas. They have real live cities rebuilt into the game. T Grizzly is rich off, is more rich off of gaming than rapping. And T Grizzly is a dope Detroit rapper. Not to take nothing away from his, his rapping ability. Yeah, man, on paper, GTA and Fortnite are probably the best games ever made from a from a technical, like hitting all the bullet points, accessibility to kids and to adults. Both of those games hit that um, content, new content every fucking month or every week or every six months to a year. Those two games really hit it on the head. I just don't have Fortnite in my personal top five just because it just isn't in that list. It's probably in my top 25. But that's be a whole nother gaming podcast just just to talk about that. But yeah, man, those are my top five for sure games, man, or game series you could say. I love I love your passion for gaming, man. It's crazy. It's crazy, Yo. and 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 the effort you put into it, and the videos you do, and yeah. you know you want you do your live thing with that. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. amazing that you do that, man. That's that's yeah. awesome. You can you need to continue on that I, and just yes, go. Yeah, I just want to say that I want kids that look like me, um, that come from the sim a similar background as me, mm -hmm. to know that if gaming is the only thing that um, keeps your sanity, that keeps you from hurting someone, that keeps you from hurting yourself, don't stop gaming. Just, just especially for your, this message really goes out to the younger kids. So like, I hope your son hears this part. Yes, sir. Um, just don't let the game consume your life. Um, let you be the one that consumes the game. You be, you be, you be the main character of the game. Don't let the game kind of be like the main character of your world because some, there were times where it did overly take over my life, especially COVID. Mm -hmm. It was, it was super helpful with the mental health being stuck at home. Um, you know, we we once in a way were kind of co-workers. Yeah. So you know what it was like during yep. COVID. Yep. Doing a bunch of nonsensical work as store managers <laughs> and going through hell during those times. Doing a bunch of nonsensical shit for no reason and then finally getting your release after. Do you know much you know much money I spent on CDs and music during that yeah. time? I went into credit card debt just to build my my dream computer That's crazy. during COVID because I needed to, I needed, I needed it, man, mentally. I needed Yeah, absolutely. It, you, know? you need to and, find those outlets to make yourself and, happy. And it, it's healthy, man. It's a healthy thing when done correctly. Listen, when people say gaming is unhealthy, if you drink too much water, you can get water poisoning. Wow. So there, everything in life is about moderation. You Balance. Know? If your son wants to have that one day, yo, dad, this new game came out. Let him play for six to eight hours that one day. Mm -hmm. But don't let him do it daily. No. Two to four hours is a healthy amount of time. Yeah. Daily. You know, if he if school, if he's got big tests coming up, 
Make them earn that four-hour gaming session. Homework, hey, all that stuff. You got to earn it. Get that homework done. Get that homework done. If you get it done early, then you got all day to play after you exactly. did your homework. Exactly. Until you go to sleep, until it's dinner time, whatever the case may be, you mm-hmm. know? Um, gaming has reading in it. Gaming has forces eye-hand coordination, especially in competitive games. Mm-hmm. It, it teaches response time, reaction time. It teaches on-the-fly strategy, adaptability. Absolutely. Um, it teaches business sense because some games are like a business style type of game. Mm-hmm. So it teaches all aspects of life. You I know? love it. Because and, gaming is a representation of the real world. It's just you, a fantasy version of it. You opened my eyes to that. And I'm happy you had this conversation with me so that I could look at my son playing video games differently, even though yeah. it's just Minecraft and he's learning off that Minecraft. But it's great to just see that there's a lot more to just gaming as to when I was young and I was just gaming to game and I just wanted to stay inside and play video games. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Like I said, man, Minecraft is a Minecraft. Exactly. Right. And there's another game similar to Road to Roblox. Yeah. Right. It's a, another play on words is that it's a road. It's a road block, mm-hmm. a positive roadblock for these kids. He plays those two that. games. Those two games are developing kids' minds at a rapid, rapid rate. That's why they're able to work a phone better than us. Exactly. That's why that's why they're able to be like, "Hey, Dad, let me fix this problem with with your MacBook real quick." Maybe maybe not yet, but eventually he's gonna start fixing your mm-hmm. podcast better than you can fix it, bro. That's crazy. I would love, I soon, would even soon. Would, it's not even like it, it's not even at 15. It's gonna be like 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. That he's already gonna be like, yo, dad, um, maybe he wants to stream, right? And he learns about audio and he learns about all of these things that coincide with podcasting. Yeah. He's gonna be like, yo, dad, I think um if you run this audio filter, it'll take out some of the hissing in your S's and your T's. He might come up with these ideas as long as you keep allowing him to Minecraft and to grow me and to to grow, grow. to grow, you know? So, um, yeah, man, I know we went on a a long tangent about gaming, but gaming is a super important thing in my life, man. And that's why I wanted to bring gaming, gaming up with you because I know it's that important to you and that you spend your time with that and you're growing and, and just look at all the money you spend and just look at your, your system that you have in your home for gaming. It's amazing to see, man, keep doing that, keep pushing it. And you know what? If it motivates you to be better, if it motivates you any way in your life, that's amazing to see, man. And I'm happy that we spoke about that. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Um, I know you skate. I know yes, you skateboard. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on the skateboarding because we got okay. the music to talk about. Yeah, and, we're yeah. running, and we're running out of time because, man, we're talking. I love this. I yeah, man. I'm sorry. We got we got to do a part two soon. We got to do a part two and part three. I know you skate. When did you start skateboarding? Um, Always had a skateboard in the house due to my god brother. So I always knew how to ride a skateboard. But the age that I took it serious got to be between the age of 12 and 13. It's kind of a blur. Um, But yeah, ever since then, man, I got addicted to the freedom of it. There's no team. There's no coach. There's nobody to tell you how to properly do it. You just figure it out on your own. You did everything on your own? I mean, obviously, I learned from friends. Okay. But there was no coach. There was no teacher. I learned through watching videos and skating with my friends and learning. The best way to learn, the easiest way to learn in life is the hard way. So I learned the hard way. You know what I mean? Just trial and error. So 
that's really the way I learned, man. Um, and you make videos as well. Um, not in recent times, but when I was younger, I was um, trying to film as much as I could, okay. both with both with amateur filmers. And then when I got sponsored every once in a while, I would skate with some uh, professional or aspiring professional filmers who had more type of like that professional equipment. But during those times, I was kind of like there was a big scene in New York. So like although I was a talented skateboarder, I was kind of on the bottom of the list in terms of like priorities for a filmer. Mm -hmm. So it would take a long time for me to get a filmer to film me and even get my footage. This is like, you needed a fire wire back then to hook up your camera to the computer. And it took two to three hours just to upload a 30 second clip. Wow. You know, this is the old days, you know, it's not like now where you got a cell phone, Instagram, boom. So th the main reason I've been in the gym working out is to make a comeback to skating on a high level, not to, not to become pro, not to get sponsors. If people offer to, to hook me up with some free stuff, I'm not going to say no to it, but it's not a career, you know, anymore for me. I, I did aspire to be pro. I was sponsored by shut skates for a little while as a young kid. That's a New York city brand, a legendary New York city skateboard brand. Good for that, you, man. Good for that, you. Yeah. It's a brand that eventually turned into zoo York. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then the original owner of Zoo York, Lev Zoo York, I believe I could I could be messing up my history, but then re relaunched shut. And when shut relaunched, I was part of what's the flow team, which means I wasn't a paid sponsor, nor was I amateur or professional, but okay. I was I was what's called flow, which is like, yo, this kid's talented. We want him to represent us. So we're just gonna throw him free shit. And he's just gonna give us footage and photos whenever he can. Mm -hmm. And we're going to keep we're going to basically keep a fresh board under his feet so that he can get good enough without having to spend money on boards all the time because it's an expensive Absolutely. Um, lifestyle. So, yeah, man. And I just grew up a huge fan of like guys like Stevie Williams, the guy that started DGK Skateboards, mm -hmm. which is a big hip hop skate brand. Absolutely. Um, Was a huge fan of uh, a lot of predominantly black skaters. Hispanic skaters that were hip hop driven. So the way I, my skate style of clothing is very different from the quote unquote traditional skateboarder who wore the tighter pants or the, or just certain stuff that we all stereotype a skater for. I was skating in Rockaway, do rags. My first pair of skate shoes were fat farm shoes. They weren't even real skateboarding shoes. Really? Yeah, it was some fat farm shoes that had gum soles and they were perfectly flat that you would have thought were made for skating, you know? Mm -hmm. So like I skated in those, I skated in Air Force Twos. Like I skated in a lot of shoes and, and clothing that was not traditional skateboard clothing. So even the way I put my outfits together now, my fashion sense is New York City hip hop mixed with New York City skateboard fashion. That's amazing. And, and what's crazy about it is that the, the current uh, hip hop fashion overall is actually stolen a lot of it directly and indirectly from New York City and urban skateboard culture. Ice cream was a huge thing back in the day. Yeah. Um still is. Still is, but like that style of clothing and mm -hmm. like and everything like the BB belts, the belts with the with the studs, like mm -hmm. skater skaters were rocking that. The skaters that were fly was wearing bait and ice cream and 10 deep. I remember that. I, the bape, they were wearing bape. Yeah, man. Like, 
BBC. We started that shit. We start like us skaters, like the big, bulky, ugly Balenciagas and shit. Those are all late 90s, early 2000s skateboard shoes redesigned. Of course. Of um, course. And that's what people want. They want those bulky shoes on. They want those big, yeah. big shoes. Like remember yeah. DC back in the day? Osiris. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Osiris's were huge. It was like wearing two bricks on your foot. For sure. Yeah, man. I I remember, I, I, I have a pair of DC links. I mean, the camera. Uh, it's whatever. I had like these DC links. That was my favorite skate shoe. That shoe is one of the most copied silhouettes in 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 this high end fashion era mm -hmm. of like bulky shoes. Um, ASAP Rocky, that shoe that he dropped with Converse, is the Osiris D3, just remade. You know. Um, so yeah, a lot of you guys that wear some of the slimmer pants with the fancy shirts, like we was doing that before y'all, and now Absolutely. that things are going, and now that things are reversing back to baggy. We was doing that too, like, and and I like that the same people that used to make fun of how I dress, now they dress like me and ask same me, yo, here. ask me, where'd you get those kicks from? Where'd you get your pants from? Same here, man, wait, when I was wait, in high school. Five panel hats. Man. That's skateboard culture. The skateboard you know? culture was not accepted back when we were in high school or yeah. elementary school. Now it's accepted and now people are dressing exactly like that because it's accepted i used to get made fun of hey where do you get those shoes you look poor why aren't you wearing diesel you know why yeah, are you wearing man. those dc shoes you're poor yeah. like the yeah. punks and the skateboarders weren't accepted back then and now yeah. they it are anti-culture absolutely skateboarding absolutely. was anti-culture and now skateboarding is the culture i was one of three kids in my junior high school that rode a skateboard now I live right next to a high school. Now I see an army of kids that leave their high school and they're the popular ones. They're the ones getting all the girls like reverse. It's, it's reversed. It's there's reversed. Army, there's, there's armies of girls skating now. It's beautiful, man. And I like the evolution of skateboarding, man. And some say it's watered down and this, that, and the third. Nah. Listen, listen, man. It's only watered down if you pour water on it. Exactly. You know, but to it me, the culture's thriving. Um, I got to send you something. And all my hip-hop heads that's listening to this podcast, I need you guys to all go on YouTube and watch the old 90s Zoo York mixtapes. They literally have live freestyles from Wu-Tang that Wu did for Vinny Ponte, DJ, an old DJ, Italian DJ, Vinny Ponte. He still DJs. He ran a skateboard shop called Rival in Man downtown Manhattan. He was friends with all the guys from Wu-Tang. He's an ex-pro skater. These videos influenced me so much. Like, imagine watching your favorite skaters and then a clip after they land a trick, it goes into Method Man rapping. Oh. And then the and, and the audio was synced. So like, it'd be the audio of, of Method Man rapping and then you'd see the clip in perfect syncopation of him rapping. Send me that. You need to send, I'm gonna send me that you stuff. that, man. The old New York mixtapes are so ahead of its time. How crazy you is know? that? Skateboarding is one of the elements. It has, is, man. Has been put as one of the elements, and it's Especially amazing to York. see the growth. Of course. Especially in New York. Especially in New York, man. Hell so, yeah, man. So this next part is kind of like I'm a fan. Okay? okay. We're doing it a bit differently. I'm going to ask you these questions. 
as a perspective as a fan because yes, when sir. we met you spoke to me about yourself and how you became an artist because i find you as an artist okay you are a rapper from new york okay the first time we met we met on some hip-hop shit right yep. We yep. started talking about hip hop, the Styles P, the Jada Kisses. Then yep. you started showing me your rhymes. You let me hear a couple of songs. Okay. You freestyled for me at one point. Okay. Yeah. Very quietly in the corner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We stayed out till two in the morning with E and yeah. my friend and my friend Johnny. And we Shout spoke Johnny. Good dude. Okay. We spoke till two in the morning about hip hop. Yep. Okay. I remember on the bus back to the airport, it was what 4:30 in the morning and yep. we were talking about Rock Marciano and how he breaks down his bars. Yep. You were explaining that to me. Okay? One you of the how- best one of the best lyricists of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because less is always more. Absolutely. And then you were showing me tracks you did, beats you did, and I and I looked at you and I said, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like why I told you this, I, I would text you when we got back weekly. What What's next? I need you to put out an EP. When are you working on some new music? I know, man, you was bugging me every week, man. I'm, and I'm still going to bug you. I'm bugging I know, you man. On and this. I love you for it. I love you. I for appreciate it. you. And I need you to get back into it because what I heard was somebody that could really do something with the music. You could really push yourself forward. You could be with those rock marcianos of the world, the ransoms of the world, the ethos of the world. Do you know where hip hop is right now? That there's a place for you to make your way into it. Okay. And I'm just telling you, I, look, I wouldn't spend the time with you on here. Okay. I wouldn't push you if I didn't believe in what you could do because I heard what you could do. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just man. need to spend time on it and you need to focus on it and you need somebody to drive you on it. And you know what, if I'm that dude that could drive you to it, then I'll spend my energy driving you to it. I'll look for beats for you. I'll contact people, you know, like I'll ask you, Hey, where's my, where's my song? I'll, I'll push you to it because I could, I see that in you as a fan and as somebody that knows that you could push this forward. Okay, so yeah. I just wanted you to hear that because I respect you for that. And you thank have you a, so much. You have a great penmanship, um, and you've shown me so much of that hip hop, and you've shown me so much of your freestyles, or you, you know, like all the stuff you were doing, dude. You could do it, man. You could really, really do it. You just need to be inspired, and you've told me you need to be inspired. But right now, hip hop is at the best place it's been. Okay, there's artists that I send you in New yeah. York, like that hip hop. There's a real, like it's it's rebuilt itself up, and there's a yeah. space for you. So now yeah. is the time for you to do what you need to do. Okay, that's what I wanted to put on the table. Now, my question to you is, when did you start writing, and why did you start writing? The first rap I ever wrote was probably like sixth or seventh grade. It was terrible. I wrote it on a sidekick. <laughs> um, and, and um, I was hanging out with like this, like my best friend, uh, a female best friend of mine when I was a kid and her and her best friend was my crush. And one of one of our friends, she read my rap out loud and it sucked. <laughs> so I never I never wrote a rap again until I started working at 
my first job ever, which was uh, BJ's Wholesale. I don't know if you if they if that exists in Canada. No, but it's like a Whole Foods. It's like uh, if you've heard of Costco. Yeah. Okay. It, it's a competitor of Costco, right? So I was working there, and my 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 coworker at the time, we talked about hip hop a lot, and he asked me like, "Yo, you ever thought about like writing a rhyme or something?" And I was like. I was like, I could kind of rhyme, but not really. Like, I mess around, joke around, sh- smoke a little weed with the homies and freestyle. And then one day he caught me making fun of Ludacris's baby verse on uh, Justin Bieber's song. Yeah. I was playing on the, on the store's radio. And I don't remember what I said. I don't even remember how his verse even sounds like. But I just made up my own, like, stupid little rhymes to it. And then I would always, like, do a fake Rick Ross impression. When, when Ross used to rhyme super slow with the one-liners. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, yo, I just overheard you fucking around. That's actually kind of good. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll write a little rhyme. I wrote a little rhyme. I think I texted it to him or maybe I showed it to him. Like, I didn't say it out loud. I just had him read it. And he read it and he was like, yo, this could be good. And then as I would hang out with my friends, like, like I said, I smoked a lot of weed and just like, beats would come on and it'd just be like that shit you do with your homies where you just freestyle for fun mm-hmm. and then one day this might have been like 2009 or 10 I, we were freestyling and shout out to all my Indian people but we were freestyling in an Indian accent <laughs> and I fucking killed it and my friends were like yo that was fire so my homies would play it off the iPad whenever we'd roll up for like girls and stuff, make them laugh and shit. It's like early high school days. And like one girl was like, this is kind of good, even though you're fucking around. So I'm like, Yo, I keep hearing this every every once in a while. Somebody would be like, this is kind of good. So like, I believe that same summer, like we just kept freestyling, freestyling, freestyling. And one day in the car, I kind of blacked out and everybody was, nobody went after me and Shout out my three three of my best friends, uh, my boy Z, my boy Serrano, and my boy Serge. Serge is the one that made a lot of the beats of the records you've heard um, that I did with them. And um, they all just looked at me like kind of side-eyed me and was like, yo, bro, what was that? And I was like, that was good? And they was like, bro, it sounded like you wrote that. And I was like, nah, man, we just all been rhyming and you know, a little bit of weed, a little bit of Henny. And it just, it just went crazy. And I just think from then on, I started writing. And to be honest, not to sound too dark, I was drinking and smoking a lot. So I can't give you an exact date on when it got serious. Mm-hmm. But I could tell you recording process, it got serious 2012. Um, I think my first um, freestyle was over some like, like a written down freestyle was over, um, I think it was called Big L... I think it was a big L song called Flamboyant. And that was like the first one that I put out confidently. And it kind of, for the time, this is like 2010 or 11, like or maybe 12 that like, um, it did like 150 views in like a few hours. Wow. You know? And On like- SoundCloud? This is, no, this was a video. Okay. So like, I didn't have a studio yet. So like my first- like serious recordings were just like me putting my phone 
and recording myself, putting my phone right next to the speaker so the speaker was nice and loud in the audio wow. and me just rapping my heart away. And some of the freestyles were trash. Some of the freestyles were some of my best bars. Um, Even to this day, some of the punchlines in there, I might have to steal some of them and throw them in, in, in some of the new shit just to... Just I, heard some, I heard some crazy shit. Like you had some really, really, really good punchlines, man. Thank you, and man. Just, and just your flow and how you were breaking it down and how you could ride the beat, because that's super important to me as a listener is how you could ride the beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I learned that really from from I, I the way I learned how to get good at rapping was by literally biting Big L's entire style. Well, that's fine. You of learn course. from these people. You need to learn to be a mastermind. Yeah. You need to take from different parts or different rappers and, you know, build your own yeah. style. It's good. super important. Yeah. Good artists borrow and the greatest artists steal. Exactly. So I drinks number one. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I stole Big L flow. And, and, and his ability to punchline. I also grew up a big smack fan, smack DVD, <laughs> yeah. not a rap fan. We used to go to the Coliseum, um, which is a which is a place I got to take you when you come to Queens. Yep. It's where it's where 50 made a lot of his rounds street wise and music wise, pushing his mixtapes. Um, they call we call it the Collie Block, which is short for Coliseum. Um, we would go there or sometimes one friend would be the only one that could go there. And and would bring back Smack DVDs, like bootleg copies of Smack DVD, and we'd watch them. Early days of YouTube, we'd watch them. So like Punchline and is like, I'm raised off Punchline, like like Wayne, Cassidy, Reed Dollars, Murder Mook, Loaded Lux, mm. Rest in Peace, Party Artie. Party Artie got Party Artie was that reality battle rap type of style. I'm gonna send you a battle with him and Mook that you're gonna love. Send me that. Oh, no, no, I think it's him and Jay Mills, but even Jay Mills. Jay Mills. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like Jay Mills was a was a wasted talent, but um, shout out to Jay Mills. I don't I don't know him, but you know he influenced me for sure growing up. Um, so many guys, man, that just was punchline heavy. So that's where I get the punchline from. I early on rapped fast. I got that from Pun. I got that from also L when he would mix it up and do the fast flows. He would mix it up so much, man. It's crazy because I was yeah. listening to L, to me the best rappers to that died were Ellen Pun. I mean, Big is incredible, but um, Ellen Pun were just so I have S tier and then I have Alien tier, mm -hmm. and then I also have tiers below S, so like A tier, B tier, C tier. You know, mm -hmm. I think I think A is like when it comes to a lyrical level, A is like a kiss of Styles P. I think S is like a is like a hove. Um, and then I think an alien tier is like a Kendrick, a Tech Nine, um, early Eminem. Mm -hmm. Big Pun is an is an alien tier Big rapper. Uh, Big L borders for me as an alien. He okay. has moments, he has moments where he goes into a, a tier of rapping where you're like, wow. Diverse. Like though. like he like Ebonics is like an alien level of of rapping. But even if you listen to his earlier stuff, like he was doing something with his flow, like he would change it yeah. up instantly. Instantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's mind-blowing. And that's why I think he's one of the greatest, even though he only had two albums, but he had yeah, so yeah. many freestyles and, yeah. and, and all that stuff. But yeah, but this is about you, man. Uh, so, 
so yeah, like these are the people like I studied. Um, and then as I got older and better, I started coming up with my own cadences, own flows. But one thing that super influenced me, and this was first subconsciously, it wasn't a conscious thing when writing, was saying less and meaning more, slowing down mm -hmm. the flow, letting the beat um, hit, like filling in the spaces of the beat versus mm -hmm. just only riding the beat. Um, I learned that from Hove and Rock Marciano. Mm. Um, I have Hove as the greatest rapper of all time. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's untouchable. Not even forget the business standpoint. I think lyrically, although he's not an alien tier pen, that doesn't mean that his music and his message is some of the best, you know? So I learned a lot from those guys, man. Those are like really all my influences, you know? And then Drake was a big influence um, in his early days. Um, even now, um, although his music has like suffered, he has moments of greatness still. Certain records, just the stuff he says. I just want him to take his foot off Kanye's neck. He's like ODing on Kanye. Like every record that's big for the last five years has a Kanye shot. Mm -hmm. I think all the stuff Kanye is going through, I think he should chill. But, yeah. But hey, man. I'll just leave know. that part alone. Just leave that alone at that yeah. point. You don't need that shit in your music. Yeah. So yeah, like those are all my influences. I don't consider Kendrick an influence too much to my pen. Mm -hmm. But I learned a technical muscle physical skill from him with the pen. So that kind of sounds like it, it might sound contradicting, but what I mean is learning where to write with the breath in mind. So learning where to write to where when you're doing a nonstop flow, writing it so that you have a pocket where you breathe, but the listener cannot hear you breathe mm -hmm. or pause. Mm -hmm. So it just sounds like you have aquatic lungs because Kendrick has this ability of like going and going and going and going and going. And you're like, yo, is he punching in everything? And I'm sure he does punch in, but he's writing it in a ways to where if he has to perform most of these records, he can perform them live and incredible level. Busta Rhymes is also incredible at writing these fast lyrics and finding a syllable like, ah, you see how you exhale. Yeah. So if he ends a super fast flow, with the ah word that gives him the opportunity to quickly with the nose inhale and keep going like the Chris Brown joint. Yes. So that is a different skill. And that is a skill that only the alien tier have mm -hmm. tech nine, Busta Rhymes, um, Kendrick, um, Earl sweatshirt. Um, those guys that can like, they don't necessarily rap fast. They just continuously are saying words and it just sounds like they're not breathing, mm -hmm. but they are. They just know how to write it with breath control in mind. So like, yeah, man. Yeah, that's like really like all my influences really in terms of like the way I approach it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So where are we going next with this music? Where do you want to, where do you see yourself in the next year or two? Or, and where do you want to take your music? Um, getting more consistent at writing first, mm -hmm. build, rebuilding the muscle memory of writing, mm -hmm. um, eventually putting out a project on all 
uh, platforms, but really using the other things that I do, like the skateboarding videos, the gaming videos, instead of using other people's music, I eventually wanted to only be my music to the point where I want to see comments that say, who is this guy that's rapping in the back of your song? That's important. And me telling them it's me. Yeah. Who made the beat to this song? Me telling them it's me. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's really the goal. It's not really to become a rapper in the in the sense of like a career or to call myself a rapper. It's really just, I don't like to say I'm multi-talented. I like to say I'm multifaceted. So, mm. um, but to, to, to just to put a point on there, you're an artist because artists skateboard, artists game at a higher level. You just rap as well. So you have all that baggage to get you somewhere. Yeah. And that's how, how we need to look at it. That's how you need to look at it as well, is that you could use this gaming and skateboarding and everything you love and rap because yeah. you're an artist. And yeah. the production as well, because I know you've produced. Yes. So For myself and for others. Exactly. So it's all there. It's just how are you going to put it together? How are you going to do this? And yeah. I and I think, and I actually, I don't think, I know for sure that you could take it to the next level if you just put your mind to it and the time, because it's all yeah. about time and how yeah. you manage that process of doing yeah. it. And, and, and that, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but that specific uh, skill of time management is actually like the most important thing that I'm working on right now. That's why I wake up at 5 a.m. and get the gym done before everyone else is awake. You're getting your brain working. You're getting your yes. brain on, on, on some kind of schedule for yes. you to be able to do all these things because we are human beings and we all need to work as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And I also work eight to yeah. nine hours a day. Exactly. Some, some, sometimes longer if it's needed. So um, it's finding that balance and like, procrastinating less mm -hmm. i have a problem with procrastination um so i'm just working on myself yep so and music has no time limit so who knows when the album comes out i would love for it to be next year but um but yeah just getting back into the muscle memory like treating treating writing like like i'm in the gym mm -hmm. you know um i've gotten i've because of because of my my, my close friend nick Uh, Nick Papa. Um, I've developed a skill to where I don't have to write all the time. Um, so like my last song that I ever put out was like a it was like a trap record. Um, I didn't write it. I just like wrote it in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I learned that from him. And I learned it also from us freestyling for hours for fun and subconsciously for practice. So I think the challenge is finding the balance between writing and not writing mm -hmm. because sometimes when I'm writing lately, because I do attempt to write, I get stuck and then I just start freestyling in my head. And then, and then like, so I got to, I'm just like learning, relearning the mechanics of writing raps, mm -hmm. but absolutely, um, it takes time, man. It takes time. But, yeah. But my sword is always sharp. My gun is always had my, my gun is always locked and loaded. Mm -hmm. If a rapper ever says something funny by my name, they will be dealt with on record. I'm not <laughs> beefing with no rappers. 
We're not beefing. We're grown men. We don't need to be shooting at each other, fighting. No. We don't need to be doing that. But I'm, I come from a battle rap, like, as a fan. So the way I write is also, like, I'm the best. So, Absolutely. Why not? Why wouldn't you do it? So I'm way? always ready to rap, is what I'm saying. Love it. Whether I it's an it. old verse or something a little bit more current, or if you need me to rap about this vitamin C bottle or the mangoes that I have right here, I can do all of that. And love it. And I think the true, the true MCs can do it all. And that's not to take anything away from the futures of the world and the guys that necessarily can't go on the radio and, and do a live freestyle. I don't think that makes them less of a rapper, mm -hmm. but the true MCs, I don't even say MC. Shout out Mickey Facts. This is my favorite term for the most elite rappers. We're Jedi's. There's Jedi's, and then there's guys that can kind of use the force. Like there's guys that can like move a bottle with the force. But then there's but then there's Darth Vader, you know. And I'm like a Darth Vader, you know. Well Just said. The, but the nice guy, you know. But the reason why I go by the name villain, I'm sure you were gonna ask that eventually. That but was I'm my next question. So I'll just get it out the way now is big MF Doom fan, first and foremost, rest in peace. <laughs> he always called himself, uh, what was it? Like the, 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 the super ill villain or something along those lines. Yeah. So I kind of like stole the villain part from MF Doom. And no, used to call you're not stealing. I mean, yo, great artist steals. So if I consider myself great, I'm, I'm good at, I'm good at stealing. You just don't know I did it. You know what I'm saying? You know, shout out Drake. He's the goat at stealing. Um, <laughs> I love how you keep mentioning that. The goat. Yeah. Um, but um, you're always the villain in someone's comic book, no matter how good of a guy you are. Mm -hmm. And Jay always says, um, you played a hero long enough. You live, you live long enough as a hero or something along the lines that you eventually become the villain. Yeah. Right? My bad for misquoting the God, but but um, I've always kind of felt like that. Like, I've always been nice to everybody. Even in skateboarding, I've always been humble. I've always been that kid that, like, lands a trick and I'm asking everyone, was it good? And them being angry at me, like, like bro, you know that shit was good, bro. Like, why are you acting like that? Mm -hmm. So I guess I've always come off like that, like, because I am a confident kid. Well, not no longer a kid, but as a kid, I was confident. As a man, now I'm confident. So it always comes off like a humble cocky, which is fine. Fuck you if you don't like it. Um, I'll still hold the door open for you, even for people I don't like, you know? So um, always moved like that. So always felt like the villain in someone's story. My favorite characters in comic books are the villain because most of the time they're not evil. They're misunderstood. My favorite villain is Magneto. Fun fact, Magneto and uh, Professor X, Stan Lee and the team that created the X-Men created that comic based off the civil rights movement. Absolutely, Professor, yeah. Professor X is an embodiment of Martin Luther King and Magneto is Malcolm X. Wow. Mag Magneto has never senselessly killed a human ever. That's true. He's only done it to protect Mutants. Absolutely. And I feel, and that's wow. how I feel about hip hop culture. That's how I feel about black culture. That's how I feel about black Latino culture. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm specifically a black Hispanic man in terms of racial ethnicity and culture. So I will be the villain for my people is what I'm saying. 
I will go to war for mine. Um, my first business trip, even though I didn't uh, meet you or E on that business trip, um, they were passing a mic around and asking, hey, you as a leader, what makes you a leader or what makes a leader? And I, and I on the mic in front of hundreds of managers said, um, being my brother and sister's keeper by any means necessary. Wow. And some of pe- some people looked at it like, mm, this guy, Mr. Tough Guy. Mm-hmm. But those that understood looked at me and gave me that head nod and that silent clap of like respect. And that's just how I move, you know? Never been the toughest guy. But like I like I tell my friends, I've told you this recently, the best way to stay safe is to stay dangerous. Yep. So I, so I stay dangerous mentally. Now, now more so than ever in my life, I'm staying dangerous physically by being in the gym. Yep. Um, I see it daily. Yeah. Fortifying the mind, fortifying, fortifying the body in turn that fortifies the soul. So I know where, wherever I go after this life, whoever it is, whether it's God, the universe, however you want to put it, that I know I, I did good on this planet. You know what I'm saying? And, and if I did any, quote unquote acts of evil is only for the betterment of my own people. And I'll take that sacrifice of myself for others. If it means them living and me passing, if it means me going to war for family, friends that I really love, that that I consider family, that's just why I call myself the villain. That's powerful, man. That's, that's something. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I, the listeners, the listeners are going to take this and be like, yo, we learned something from this because I just want to teach the people, right? That's why I wanted you here, man. I wanted to, for people to know who you are and to learn from you. And that was that was amazing. That was powerful, man. So thank you. For thank that. you. Thank you, man. Thank you thank for you. that, man. Thank you for this opportunity, man. I've, I've, been rapping, I've been rapping almost 12 years and this is my first ever time being interviewed. I've been offered an interview once before, but I didn't like the I didn't like the pol- the political side of it and then I had to pay f- to be interviewed it was just a nah, lot of weird shit doesn't you're work doing, that way you're doing this off the strength you're doing this off the love absolutely um although it feels like we've known each other forever yeah we don't fully know each other I look forward to getting to know you as a brother absolutely um, man absolutely I'm and not afraid to consider you a brother um neither am because, I just because of the way we interacted when we met on that business trip. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, man. You know, uh, I'm not sure if we're kind of getting into into the end of this. Oh, I, I got I got something for you. I got three questions that you need go to ahead. answer Let's each go. question in five seconds. No All thought right. process. All right. I'm asking you three questions. All right. All right. Less okay. than a New York minute. All right. Let's okay. go. So the first question, and I need you to answer it in five seconds. I'm doing something different with you. Okay. All right. Your top five hip hop albums of all time. I'm giving you five seconds to answer them. All right, uh, go. Best out, uh, Res- reasonable doubt is the best rap album ever made. Um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Carter Three, Godson, Good Kid, Mad City. Love it, love it. It was more than five seconds, but it's 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 hard to think. It's right? hard, man. <laughs> hard man especially when you're a connoisseur yeah you really love this shit love those albums love 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 uh your top five favorite producers uh alchemist mad lib 
my best friend Sergio. Oh shit. Um, 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 Hit Boy and Havoc. Love it. Havoc with the drums. Havoc, Havoc is the forefather of the Griselda sound, that everything. Even Alchemist's sound is because of Havoc in a lot yep. of ways. Yep. Your five, your top five favorite hip hop artists of all time, including today. All right. Uh Wayne, Hove, Pun, L. Fuck, man. <laughs> Not gonna like this one, but Drake. That's fine. I'm, hey, it's it's yours. People need to understand when they ask your top five is it's for you. It's your top five. It's not my top five or I know, 2,000 I other know. people's top five. It's a, The top five is it means something to you. They changed your life in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody sure. asks me, why is Cam in your top five? Is because Cam changed my life. Yeah, yeah. You know I, thought you I, mean? were I thought you were crazy for that. But when you explained it, it makes sense. It's your top five. It's my top five, and that and we need to stop telling people now your top five ain't good. My top five is no, it's my top five for a reason. These are the artists that I grew up listening to. They changed my life in a certain way. For sure. So for sure, man. So before we get off this thing, anything else you want to bring forth? Um, yeah. Uh I got a few bars for y'all. So it's oh. old. <laughs> It's an old verse. It's an old verse. Oh, man. I hope I don't fuck it up. If I do, we cut this part. But, no, um, no, we're keeping everything in. I it's bet. authentic. Wrong it's authentic. authentic. You're giving me bars. I'm keeping right. it in. Tech man, keep it in. This is, one of my it. this is one of my favorite verses ever. Shout out my brother, Nick Papa. Shout out my brother, Bullet. Shout out my brother, Serge. I just want to shout out my brothers right there. Um, shout out everybody, anybody whose name I didn't say. I love y'all to death. Go. I, the anticipation, it had me nervous Trying to make it out this water I can barely surface I used to look for a purpose Cold world, hands by the furnace I thought this shit was about skills And not what you've purchased At God's gate with a hundred albums A hundred hours, a hundred reasons The game is ours, it's hunting season These fucking demons, fucking divas I really do this, you really students And I'm the, yeah, I practice what I preach Adam bit that apple for that peach Eve must have had a body like a pen. Now chasing the fruits of labor is the burden that we bear. Lord, please forgive me for my sins. I'm just a young man trying to win. So I'm going all out and I'm going all in till the broad and the doors on my whip is four in. No second place and remaining patient because heaven waiting. Losing focus turn preparation to desperation. The effing greatest. I'm Mike Jordan, you Desmond Mason. Niggas trying to live that fab life. Cut they respiration. Name July, but my heart is December. You lames who lie. Hope y'all get dismembered. Give my mama a kiss. I'll be back in November with a heart full of vengeance and a pocket full of cheddar. You niggas just okay. The squad really better. V-I-double-L from now till forever at heaven's gate. With the head of the devil, a casket with Satan's name and a gold-plated shovel. I remember back then I ain't have a dollar. Life was far from sweet. It was fucking sour. Now I got a hundred reasons why this shit is ours. Cause like God, I put a hundred hours. Vil. Love it. Ah, that was amazing. Hey, you see, I'm telling you, man, you got it. I'm telling you, it's a first time ever on Stephen from the all time podcast that we get somebody who did that. I appreciate you for that. Now hey, my man. listeners and the people listening could understand 
what you could bring to the table. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you, man. Shout out to you, man. Um, and all I want to say is to everybody that's listening. Um, thank you, yo. Thank you for taking the time out to hear my voice with my brother's voice. And uh, peace and love to everybody. But in order for peace, there has to be war. So there's that balance in life. So go to war with yourself in order to have peace within yourself. Powerful words, man. Hey, I just want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for being on the podcast, for giving me that opportunity. Okay. This might be your longest pod, man. It's the longest pod, but we went in. I'm happy you were here, man. Thank you so much once again, man. Peace and love. Okay. Ville, I'm telling you, next level. Let's do it. Let's next go, level. Man. I want that I EP, you. yeah? I'm coming after you with that EP. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. I all never right. get I never get bothered when you when you bug me all the time to, to <laughs> rap again. You know, it doesn't bother me. You know, it doesn't, man. And then we can bring you down here and we could do a show down here. Yes, Feel sir. Me? Thank yes, you, sir. man. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for being on the pod, brother. Thank you, brother. Peace and love. Hey, go check out Ville. What's your what's your Instagram? Um, Ville Thy Lord. Just type in V I double L T H Y L O R D. No, it's not filthy. It's Ville Thy Lord on some medieval shit. Love it, love it, uh, Mr. Techman. Instead of playing the Lost Boys, make sure that freestyle plays all throughout the end. Thank you. Peace and love. Thank you, man.